Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Ozumpa, and of course I stepped on that intro a little bit. Probably hard to understand what I all I was saying, but hey, and uh, I'm joined by Brady Steffel. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> I totally stepped on the whole intro. So. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's all right. Bring that energy. Who cares? Let's go. <laughs> All right, all right, Brady, I understand your parents have been visiting, so... That uh, they have, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Took them out this cool. morning. Uh, we left at like 6 in the morning this morning, so um, I'm a little little dodgy. I slept kind of rough. Woke up at like 3.30, didn't sleep much after that, so... And uh, you know, you're like, oh, I gotta get up! And it's like, uh, yeah, check my alarm, make sure that the ringer's on, make sure... And then, yeah, I woke up before the alarm went off anyway. Um, yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night to do that. But, uh, yeah, I took them to the airport. It was uh, it was just real wet and crummy to drive. I'm gonna, it was just... It's good. It was a soggy day. And so we're driving on the interstate. Soggy. Yeah. And yeah. there's just that misty, you know, you're in the wash behind the cars and you can't see anything. Like it was so bad you couldn't even see the taillights of, uh, you know, the first car right in front of you, you could see taillights. And after that, you couldn't see taillights. And I think there were four wrecks that I saw uh, on the way down. Wow. One was just cleared wow. as we were driving past. Wow. Um, and then there were, there were a couple more that were, you know, like not real bad, but people just like flipped around. So we lost control. And then uh, on the way back, southbound traffic was uh, starting to back up at like eight already. And it's like, well, glad we left early, you know, because you, you wind up in it and then then you're your SOL, as they say. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's the morning traffic report. Uh, but yeah, real wet. Uh, nice, but nice coming up. So excited about that. But we went to places, we went to flower bin, bought some cool flowers, um, went on Main Street. Went to the Cactus Coven. What's the Cactus Coven? The Cactus Coven, yes. Yeah, so the Cactus Coven. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I there wasn't anything that I really needed there. But you could buy things such as uh, beaver skulls, locally sourced. Of course. Oh, is this the one on? Is this is this in Longmont? Yeah. So is it the one on Third and Main thereabouts? It's or? on Main Street somewhere. I think it's okay. closer to Fourth or Fifth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're in there somewhere, and they're yeah, like on the west side. And we go in there, and there's like there's like a lot of taxidermy, huh? Um, nice. so I think you can get like spell supplies or something. I'm not entirely sure. Um, there seems like there's some, some clothes or something. Uh, wild place though. I'd recommend you go check it out. I mean, even I if it's not for go you, check it out. Yeah. definitely go in there. Um, they have live quails. Oh yes, I know. Yeah, I saw this. So this is down from Janie's, actually. Yeah. So it's like West Side, between Fourth and Fifth. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I wouldn't keep quails just for the noise that they make. Yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, they make the weirdest noise. So they're in there, kind of sounding like somebody's kicking a bird, and, yeah. and also like the thing is just saying hi. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so very interesting store, very unique. Um, but I, you know, nothing I needed. So to so go if you're if you're uh, looking for something in- interesting to do because it's genuinely an interesting place, head on down there. Well, you know it provides a lot of entertainment for those waiting to get into Janie's on a weekend. So sure. yeah, it was great to see the quail sitting there, and it was like I told so told Sandy we we're down there a couple weekends ago. And I said, "There's birds in that window." Yeah, she goes, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Go look. There's birds in that window." Legit. Yeah, there's legit <laughs> birds in there. And they're just, you know, they're, they're raising quail. I think they're like quail eggs in there, just like you'd see at the stores. It's like quail eggs. and So very interesting place. I uh, went in there, uh, tried that out, never have been. So if anybody's wondering what's what's been happening in Main Street, uh, that's happening. 
Um, and then where else did we go? We went to a lot of different stores. We went to um, Crystal Joys. They're still open, still doing business. Yeah. We went to Walnut Gallery again. And I got to say, if you've never been in, at least go uh, check it out. It's a it's a very cool place. I uh, really like what they've got down there. It's a higher end um, gallery. So if you're looking for higher end art. But yeah. it's, it's yeah. very cool to just go in there and look. And he was talking nice. about how he was hoping to open his bar area up again very soon. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I wondered if you, did you pop by Smoke and Bowls? Because I heard rumor that they were going to reopen too as well. I think that they are open, just very limited hours. I think okay. it said that they were open between like 11 and 2 or something. Uh, that's what I saw in the windows we were rocking around. I think people were in there. Um, but yeah, and then Tangerine has a sign on their window and they're saying, hey, <laughs> we want to open early May. So wow. what that means, I don't know. Um, yeah. My mom was looking for a place. She's got friends out here. She was looking for a place to go for brunch. <laughs> And uh, they're they're coming back, so it, life is coming back online. Um, and you know, I'm I'm vaccinated. My folks are vaccinated. Uh, I don't know what everybody else's status, but tolerance seems to be going up to go back out. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So I looked up smoking bowls on the website, and actually, they're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. There you go. So I got the hours right yeah. at least. So yeah, they're yeah. they are there. They are That's there. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy to see these businesses weather the the brunt of the storm and, and get back at it because I worried a lot. Um, I worried oh, a lot yeah. about a lot of different yeah. places. I didn't yeah. think, you know, I didn't think Tangerine would get to a place where they'd be able to open back up because they were so new and you take a big risk and, That's invest true. All that yeah. and stuff, but it sounds like they are. I also saw more open space or like, Oh, not open space, but open. <laughs> yeah. Like Greenway. I can see very far. Great. Great. <laughs> You're like clairvoyant. You can see everything. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, my, my mind's eye, my third eye opened up. Um, <laughs> More retail, open retail that you could have, you know, buy or rent or whatever to open shops than I thought. So there must have been a few more closures than I had thought yeah. during the pandemic, but I haven't been down there in so long. Yeah. Yeah. There have been some turnover. You're going to see some changes in turnover, but that's probably to be expected anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've been really, it's been really exciting to see the things that reopen. And actually, in fact, I had a breakfast meeting. Um, just today over at first watch so shout out to first watch down south um it was really good and i haven't been there for a while um so it uh busy and it was really cool to see everybody there so in fact they had a really interesting thing they're actually at 100 percent opening and i just realized i forgot to do something they asked me to do so they're asking everybody like so they can remain 100 percent open that you actually you put down your name and phone number just so if anybody gets covid they can oh, wow. contact you or something right. like that or trace mm-hmm. you. And that's how they remain at a hundred percent. So very interesting. I yeah, didn't cool. know of that. I thought it kind of makes for an awkward conversation. If you're like the wait staff, you know, like, Hey, yeah. uh, we need your name and phone number. Cause we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> no, so. This is, this is, uh, this is for COVID reasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Totally, totally yeah, legit. Exactly. Uh, I'll be right back with your, with your credit card. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your social security number as well. Uh, so, we also, yeah. we also went into off, off Flore and I want to say like, that's yeah. I thought that was a flower shop. shop. So this is like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's like there's, there's stuff to buy in there. It's like a, yeah. you know, knickknacky yeah. clothing kind of women, I think women focused store. And there's a thrift store downstairs. So where the kitchen store used to be, I think it's on the corner of like fifth and main. Correct. But do you have to go? So how do you get to the thrift store? Do you know? Yeah, you got to go through and then you go, you okay. go through and then you go to the basement. Oh, so. go through and then downstairs. Yeah. Okay. So it's and where it was, they used to have the vacuum cleaners and all the real crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, like your yeah. scrubby pads and yeah. your yeah, like your toilet <laughs> tabs, you know, the, the stuff that you would So did you go to the thrift store at all? A little bit. Um yeah. 
Was it clothing? Was, was it stuff? What was mostly it? clothing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't with, uh, and then some seating. Huh. It was like a couch down there. I don't know. Um, maybe it's for bored boyfriends or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went in and I didn't really do a lot of shopping. I was with my parents who, um, you know, weren't feeling it. Kelsey wasn't there. So, uh, I just said, Oh, neat. This is here. Well, knowing um, your dad, there was no special on miracle whip or yeah, no, so, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. He told me he bought, um, at the, the thrift store in New Ulm though. He said he bought a pair of pants for a quarter. So he, he's got good deals back there. He doesn't have to go <laughs> pay the markup. It seemed like kind of a consignment y place. I don't know if that's their actual model, but he said, you know, my mom was like, oh, it's, you know, it's more expensive than what you would have expected, but, um, it's Longmont and it's not, you know, small town. Midwest, exactly. So I'm... Hey, well, that's a great segue. It looks like Nancy has joined us from the uh, Longmont Library. So we're talking about downtown, we're talking about public, and we're talking about community. And Nancy, are you there? Check I am here. Search. She is here. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. And Nancy, can you do a formal introduction of yourself, what your position is? Again, okay. we've had you on before, but we're it's so delighted to have you back again. Thank you. I'm Nancy Kerr, and I'm the director of the Longmont Public Library. And so Brady and I are really thrilled to have you back again. So are you, can you give us, first of all, like right off the bat, like what's the status of the library right now? Good question. Um, as, as you may or may not know, we have had a lot of repairs going on in our building. So um, initially we were closed for COVID just like everybody else was, but then you know, we are a part of the whole civic center complex rehab project. So um our building, like the like the Civic Center, had quite a few cracks in the foundation. A lot of them were known about ahead of time and had been diagnosed and mapped out from underneath from our parking garage, et cetera. But there were more cracks, far more cracks in the new part of the library, the newer part on the newer foundation than were originally suspected. So once, um, once they got in and started Picking up carpet and looking at the looking at what cracks were here, and we were intending to do a uh, recarpeting project at the same time, so that was fortuitous. So, so once they saw you know what cracks were there, it has taken months to take off the old carpet, um, kind of diagnose the problems with some of the the flooring, um, repair those cracks, and then put everything back. So, anytime you do even a even a carpet recarpet job in a library is pretty complex just because you have all those heavy shelves filled with books and all that furniture and everything else that has to be moved. But in this case, it wasn't, it was a little bit worse. So. And so when you're talking about cracks, are we talking about like a crack where it's like a hairline or is it something where a librarian got sucked into and we didn't see them ever again? No, it wasn't quite sucked into the void, but okay. <laughs> uh, but we did wonder, um, we do have still, actually they just filled in a hole, but it was an on-purpose hole okay. in our children's department that was about eight feet by I don't know, maybe four feet. So that could have been a problem. Um, the cracks actually, you know, they have a little gauge that they use to measure which cracks need what treatment. So I've learned more than I ever wanted to know about um, sealing <laughs> cracks with with glass fiber and sealing them with carbon fiber and and you know which need epoxy and which need metal plates. And so different cracks in the building require different treatments. So. Yeah. So then when is the full, like, when is the full uh, renovation change? Well, where it's going to be some, it's going to be probably sometime in the summer. Most of it is okay. done on the first floor now. And nice. it, I know it's, it was a long haul and it looks, it does look really nice since we've been able to put new carpeting in and, and repaint, you know, most of what needed repainting. Um, we don't know yet 
completely what is going to happen, if anything, with our second floor. So since we had lots of cracks on the first floor, of course, the structural engineering team, et cetera, is doing testing on the second floor to see if there are any cracks that will require any of the same treatment um, as happened down here. So doing it right, doing a great job. Um, we did have a little side benefit bonus, though, um, in a way, if you can call it that. I guess I'm a scheming opportunist, so I call it that. But um, <laughs> we had really wanted at some point down the road to expand our children and teens department into that first floor area that was taken up by a computer lab. And yep. children and teens were bursting at the seams. Well, it turns out our teen collection was too heavy for the space it was in and was causing some floor issues. So when, when we heard the engineers say, saying, oh, if, you know, is there somewhere else we could move some of this material? We were kind of jumping up and down and saying, yes, if we move it into this, if we take down that wall in the middle and the cubicles out of our computer lab, then we can expand into that area. So turns out it was less expensive to do that than it would have been to, you know, mega reinforce the floors in the area where yeah. the team materials are now. Yeah. So we now have a space. It's not fully equipped, but it's carpeted and painted and the walls are down and we have a really cool space for future teen programming and services. So we're real excited about that. That does mean we're going to end up moving a computer lab upstairs. We're going to get rid of what's called compact shelving, which is a misnomer because it's enormous. It's that shelving that goes on kind of these little electronic tracks, yeah, um, usually yeah. for archives. Yep. So we're going to get rid of that and put a computer lab up in that area. And you know, some of these changes are things that we had wanted to do, you know, down the road and following some of the community input we had with the first phase of our feasibility study. These are some things that people had requested that, you know, that we we have seen a need, especially through COVID, um, for more computer instruction. And, you know, we really didn't have a space that was conducive to computer classes and instruction. And so we are really looking forward to being able to do that um, in the pretty near future. Very cool. So what is like the need for computer services? I mean, what what do you usually, what do people need help with as far as computers <laughs> well, and you know, having the computer lab? Is it, I'm, I'm just Well, curious. some folks just need access. You know, some yeah. folks just don't have a computer and exactly. they need, or, you know, some folks have a computer, but they don't have a printer or they're having problems with their computer, et cetera. But there really is still a huge digital divide. And we have yeah. some folks that don't have access to anything. And or they have access, but they have no idea how to use their their equipment that they have. So, you know, I've done classes in in libraries previously, everything from, you know, showing an entire room full of people that the right click button on a mouse does something, you know, to to a little bit. You, you think I'm kidding. But no, no, no. no you can, I know that's my father. And that's, yeah. I, I said, mean, well, it, you you know, you can right click here and cut and paste. And we did it ended up doing a whole class on right clicking. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, so, there's. My mom was just complaining about the same thing because she works in a grocery store and they tried to push some of their, their marketing content online away from yeah. And it's like the people who are reading through it have time and they're older yeah. folks. And it, a lot of those people are just pushed out. So that's a, it's a great service to have. They are. So, I mean, some of it is just access. Um, we were able through grant funding to get, we have not, we have 89 Wi-Fi hotspots right now that we check out. Oh, wow. And we weren't sure how it would go, but at any one time, usually about 85 of 89 are checked out. So wow. we have some Chromebooks also from another grant. We have about 30 that we'll be checking out soon for folks to take home with a, with a hotspot so that they can get on the internet. Um, 
But, you know, with these devices definitely comes the need for instruction. So I have done classes in the past on anything from, you know, dating myself here, but anything from how to shop on eBay to um, how to upload videos to social media, how to get social media accounts, how to navigate different systems. You know, there's just a lot of things that, that folks are just um, not quite up to speed on where they need to be. And even, you know, of course, there are library databases which have, you know, subscription fees and tons of information that you can't get by a Googling, but that people don't know how to use and don't always take advantage of. So we yeah. do do instruction on those as well. Awesome. So what um, I know when we last spoke, you know, let's take our journey back in time, basically, and you were talking about kind of the vision of the library and you were launching a survey and and I believe you received some public feedback on the library and the future of the library. Anything to report about that work? And, and kind we, of we did. And th that was one of those things that really was, you know, kind of ground to a halt temporarily by COVID. But we had a large pile of data from our, our first consultant. That was kind of our phase one of our feasibility study. And now we have just engaged a second consultant to do phase two. And what phase two basically does is takes all that, you know, 100 pages of data that we have now and community surveys, et cetera. And what they are really doing is looking at a couple different, um, a couple different topics that have to do with the libraries here. And you know, one is one is just governance is, you know, 50% of the libraries in Colorado are districts. We are a municipal library. Um, is that the best way to move forward? Um, looking at financial models, looking at, you know, different hybrids. There are library districts, there are municipal libraries, and then there are library districts that contract back to their cities or counties for things like um, HR and, and I don't know, facility maintenance, all, all kinds of things. So there are hybrid models there, but then really looking at this financial modeling and looking at, say, this 100 pages of data and whatever data will, you know, there are some holes in this data and there are some changes since COVID that the next consultant will be filling in. There'll be a little more surveying. You know, say that the community says they want a certain, you know, I don't know what it'll be. You know, um, say they decide they need more space or, um, I don't know, more programs. We call those kind of level of service standards. So, um, or they determine, the consultant, you know, may well determine that, that this building, truthfully, was built for 65 to 68,000 people. And we're at 99,750, I think, or something like that. So maybe, wow. maybe more than that. So. So looking at some of those, those needs, um, at that point, you know, you look at them, but then you say, where could we go with, you know, where, how could we um, attain these better levels of service? Usually you, you look at a low, median, and optimal level of service, and then how do you finance those things? And then the consultant looks into different financial models. Um, libraries traditionally looks at, look at different types of um, tax and bond measures, depending on where they're located in the country. And, you know, gauging, helping to gauge what people are willing to pay, if anything, and what it would cost your average taxpayer. And you know, taxes are never a, a great thing to talk about with anyone. But on the other hand, you know, what, one thing that our new consultant pointed out is that you know, choosing to do nothing, you know, that is a choice, but mm -hmm, it's going mm -hmm. to eventually lead to degradation of service. So yeah. Well, and again, like you said, we're already kind of behind the eight ball already. I mean, we we're already having a library that is it's our old. community has outgrown our, yeah. our library, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It so, go ahead. Forgive me. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, so I'm, I'm switching subjects now and I'm going to ask you like, are there, 
Are there certain services or programs that you see like that have changed over the years recently that the library is more in demand for than, you know, for me, it was doing research papers and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, you know, having a card catalog, which of course doesn't exist anymore. And all these wonderful other things that I remember endearingly about a library, but what, what, what sort of services do you see as far as like that the library is experienced already, or you see probably in the near term? You know, it depends on the area and it depends on the library, but you know, there's, there are two different movements afoot here right now. And one is definitely still moving toward technology and more tech spaces. I've seen, you know, video and audio recording studios and libraries. I've seen, you know, lots of computer classes, lots of maker spaces, technology maker spaces, et cetera. Um, much more demand for actual small meeting spaces because so many folks, even pre-COVID, were working from home but needing a place to meet with clients. So um, meeting spaces are definitely in demand. Um, at the same time, though, a strange juxtaposition, maybe, there is also, um, especially among millennials, a desire for kind of traditional library spaces. You know, that books are incredibly popular with, with millennials and, and beyond that. Um, there's been kind of a movement back toward print from a lot of folks mm-hmm. that, have, that have had too much screen time and want to make sure we have a, a robust print collection. Um, you know, still using Get Libraries as gathering spaces. Um, Programs and a lot of different programs um, are more under more in demand now. And you know, one thing that's really oh, business incubators are huge in libraries mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. A lot of libraries have converted some of their space to kind of a mini business incubator area with a business librarian to help people navigate some of the like the business websites like Reference USA that that are, you know, are very useful but people don't tend to know about if you're looking for. You know, for example, if you were a bagel bakery moving into the area, you could get the market saturation and the sales figures and all of those things from one of our databases in a minute. So we have a lot of business resources that folks don't know about. So, you know, a lot of different things go, are, are going on now in libraries. And it's it just depends on your community and what your community's needs are. Yeah, and I was going to ask you if uh, the pandemic kind of exposed any need or any uh, added, des- added desire. Well, <laughs> added <laughs> desire for for you know, like like you were saying, small meeting space or anything other mm-hmm. services that you know I can see a library really filling a niche as far as like needing meeting space when so many people might be working from home or deciding that they're going to work home permanently. Who knows, or remotely, if you will, and maybe a library could could play a part of that. Yeah, there are a lot of things that that I think it exposed. And, you know, one thing that's just been killing me since the pandemic is that we have that giant banner on the Emory side of our building. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's huge. But I think it says something like, because access equals opportunity. And we put that up right before COVID hit and we couldn't get the company to come out and take it down. And, (laughs) you know, right when we can't open the building, it's talking about access. And so, you know, we do have folks that rely on us for, for all of their computer use and for their assistance using a computer. I mean, we could have really helped people get those COVID vaccinations, for example. Um, But we had all kinds of folks that are filling out unemployment applications, that are filling out job applications. Um, There are a lot of folks that are wanting to change jobs, you know, some lost jobs, but some of them want to change jobs toward ones that they can, where they have a little bit more flexibility in where they work, um, potentially from home, et cetera. So tons of job applications. Um, That's one of the computer- it makes me think of like my next door neighbor who's an older lady and she she was talking for a long time about how she needed to get vaccinated but was just like what do you do you just call to 
do you just call the pharmacy? And it's like, Oh no, 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 don't do that. Like they, they will be pretty upset if you call up and she's, you know, in her eighties and those types of resources for, I mean, you know, just people who didn't grow up with it, who didn't learn or, you know, or older when the internet started to become a major thing. It, those, those are great resources. Yeah. It was huge. I was working in a library in Santa Clarita when Obamacare became a thing. And mm. we, I mean, we had folks sitting at tables helping people fill out the applications. So yeah. wow. you know, people who couldn't access, didn't have any idea how to access um, the sites that they needed to access to sign up. So, um, you know, we help folks with everything from voter registration to, you know, you name it. So just that, and you know, people really do count on us to be kind of the, you know, the uh, free geek squad. Um, yeah. You know, after, after Christmas, we tuck, we, every library I've worked at, after Christmas, you get this little flood of people who come in and they hand you their tablet or their smartphone or whatever. And, you know, they say, my children gave me this for Christmas. How do I turn it on? So, um, so we yeah. can troubleshoot yeah. people's phones, people's tablets. Um, I know, I, I know. One of our regulars and I at my last library um, watched YouTube videos and replaced the fan on his laptop. So, you know, there's oh, just fun. lots of things that it was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, really cool. It really is a community resource. But are you ever going to have coffee in a cafe? That's what I want to know. Oh, man, I would love to have that. Um, I've had it in a couple <laughs> libraries. And, yeah. you know, just walking in, that smell of coffee is, yeah. is pretty amazing. So, that requires some space. But um, that is something, you know, it, it makes it, a really welcoming meeting space. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd love to have this enough space to accommodate all of our materials and accommodate our programs, but also accommodate folks who just want to hang out with us. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, th- then there's the other aspect that's maybe not as, um, I don't know, it's a little bit difficult to voice maybe, but we are, we are that space for people who have nowhere else to go, especially mm-hmm, during the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's something that I would love to see in the future. I would love to see us having some element of social services workers in the library, like, like I have had in a couple other libraries. And we just, you know, don't have, as our collections and our need for programming, you know, grow, we have less space for people just to be. And so I think there is that social services aspect. We, we actually worried about a bunch of our regulars that, we feel are probably experiencing homelessness and that we just haven't seen for a year. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we have a lot of folks that, that are good library users and, you know, they, they really use a lot of our materials and our services and and they haven't been able to come in. And so that's been a tough thing for us to think about. Well, it's an awesome resource that you provide too. It's just helping people not only kind of where they are and you're, you're really acting as a community hub. And I just think that Mm -hmm. I applaud you instead of that traditional library that I grew up with, which was like, be quiet and get out of here if you want to hang out. So um, Nancy, we're going to let you go, but anything else we shouldn't, uh, we should have asked you that we didn't ask you that. you. I don't think so. I just, just know that, you know, just, we want everyone to know that we are, we cannot wait to reopen. We just, we have really missed our patrons. Our curbside is still serving about over one person a minute every hour that we're open, wow. but, um, wow. but we really can't wait to have folks come back in. So as soon as our construction is done, we'll be opening the door. We are excited to see you this summer and thank you so much, Nancy, for joining thank us you. today and for being a repeat customer. So on the podcast, so it's good. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day. All right. Nancy Kerr over at the library. And again, they're going to be reopening this summer, at least the first floor. And we'll see where it goes with the second floor. Um, Yeah. 
gosh, heavy lift over there, but it's really pretty cool. I love her spirit for kind of not only just servicing people who want books and resources, <clears throat> but also servicing the community and like, you know, helping yeah. and educate. I mean, that's pretty amazing when you think about people just dropping in and saying, Hey, here's my iPad. Yeah. How to work I should it. get my dad to, to call them <laughs> yeah. next time. Yeah. Hey, I can't figure my phone out. Exactly. What do I know really, about it? Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's, really, I, it's really cool. yeah, good on them for taking on those roles though, because I mean, she talks about doing so much and I could see this in the future as being, you know, they're open and you can say, Hey, to, you know, my neighbor, somebody else who's struggling to figure out how to sign up yeah. for a vaccine or for something else and say, go to the library. Um, that's just a good thing to know because yeah, I could help, but you know, how much do I know and whatever. Um, well, and if you think about it, what a great, I mean, they already have like a brand, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. know of libraries. Right. And so the idea of like, oh, I should call the library. They'll be able to at least tell me where to get a vaccine right. or how to right. go about it. So, yeah. Because there are people without literally any of those things in their lives, yeah. without computers and yeah. tablets and phones and whatever. Yeah. And there are people who have them and <laughs> really don't know how to use them. <laughs> My mom was on a big rant about yeah. QR codes the other day and like talking about how. <laughs> I was just expecting this older community to use QR codes. And she's like, even my phone's not reading them. I'm like, this is how you do it. It's like, yeah, I know, I know how you're supposed to do it. But my phone stopped doing it. And I don't know how to fix it. And I also don't care that much. And it's like, yeah, I can't yeah. blame you. Like, yeah. who, like the four times I've needed to read a QR code in the last three years. I'll tell you, I had to go over to along my public house, though. And the only menu they have is a QR code. So that would have been a, a problem. Yeah, would have been a problem. Yeah. So I guess the maybe the support staff at the Longmont Public House can That's help right. you to learn That's how right. yeah. buy a cheeseburger or learn how to use a QR That's code. Right. Just That's for right. the price of a cheeseburger. Hey, all right. We got a few other things we wanted to talk about today. So um we wanted to mention, you know, there's that gas spill in Lyons so it's gonna disrupt yep. some traffic and they've run into a little bit of issues as far as yep. mitigation of soil. Um, one thing I wanted to mention too, is that there was an interesting Johnny St. Vrain in the times call about the white soil Southeast of Longmont. That is just, uh, that is the remnants of lime byproducts, um, from the refinement of sugar from sugar beets and such. Oh, no, so it's about 20 miles. No, 20 acres is what they're saying. Yeah. 20 acres. So probably just so Google dump, maps dumped it in the backyard there reveals said... crests of the white <laughs> residue covering an area I estimate to be about 20 acres. Holy just cow! Yeah. Old, old, dried up li- or, uh, beet juice. Just uh, that's right. Something like that. The most interesting thing, though, about this response, though, is what I found in the the last paragraph. So it's kind of like bearing the lead. So I probably should talk to John Valencamp about it. But um, that hulking brick stu- structure where the sugar beets were processed is a factory, not a mill. A sugar mill is a machine that processes juice or mm. presses juice out of sugar cane mm-hmm. nonetheless the old sugar factory sits on sugar mill road oh, so you man. understand the the public tra- confusion a travesty, confusion yeah a travesty of language right so it's there. a sugar <laughs> factory not a sugar mill so anyway. wow i yeah. mean we're into the weeds you know like that's right all right um one other thing too i wanted to hear your rant about the platforms uh downtown oh so, yeah. my <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't heard on Main Street, the city, the city actually, I think, got a grant. So the city's putting up about half of the money that they need to the tune of $150,000 to $180,000 on there. And then they're, they're, they're cost sharing or they got a grant or something yeah, yeah. for the other half. And then they're going to be offering, as I understand it, parklets. They're called parklets. Yeah. To people who want to sit in traffic. Um, so that means that there's these little units, sort of a, a cubicle, if you will, except, you know, it's it's got like a wire fence around it. 
That so just to right be clear, the... they're not actually sitting in traffic. They're sitting in closed off. Yeah. So where they're actually going to yeah. be at is they're going to be at the in parking spots next to uh, uh, businesses on Main Street. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can walk there and it's, you know, it's got a nice little way to walk up into it. Pretty open air. Um, it's, a, it's an aluminum uh, square tubing construction with uh, basically cables as a sort of guard system. Um there's thoughts both ways on how these are going to go over. Um, what you've been this, reading? What you've been reading? And uh, I, I read an article about uh, one of the business. I can't remember who the business was. Said I, you know, I like kind of the idea. People really embraced it once they put up the concrete barriers. People sat out there. Uh, they were really surprised that people were were willing to go out and sit basically in traffic. But you're protected. I mean, yeah. short of a, yeah. a 18 wheeler overturning, you know, there's yeah, yeah or a, a motorcycle hitting it and flipping over, and the guy landing in your soup, you know, it, you, you're pretty safe. Except there's a bit of noise with these. Um, and then I went and checked it out, and I would say they don't they don't seem like they're they would offer a lot in the way of protection. Yeah. So you're kind of sitting adjacent to traffic with. With that, I mean, you know, you're you're there. There's there's definitely a barrier, but it's not going to protect you from you know an SUV coming through, and and that's yeah. really going to really yeah. going to ruin your soup. So, you know, <laughs> will will people? I just you know, if we're going to keep talking about people, what are people eating? Uh, so there's already one of these out there, like by Crackpots. Yeah. I've noticed one this. I've driven by, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. A weird little island out there. I mean, yeah. You know, God bless the people who want to be out there on display. I'm like, eh, I don't really need that. But I know that there's probably some people who would love the, that idea. Sitting, about, sitting yeah. there close to traffic in and of itself wouldn't bother me, save for the danger and the noise. If yeah. if the streets were quieter or, um, you know, there's a, there's a noise ordinance or something, and traffic was moving slower or there was a physical barrier that was more like, okay, you know, that's fine. That So yeah. being out there, like, who cares? Like, you know, yeah. cafe, dining, whatever has been a thing forever. But the whole thing for me is um, without those assurances or, you know, what are those things actually rated to? Maybe I'm full of beans here and just going like, I don't know. They seem so flimsy. My poor soup. Um, I know, I again know. with the soup. Again with well, the soup. I, you, know, yeah. well, you know how long Ma loves its soup? I mean, just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's every, so what's the deal with long? We should have, long you know what? I think we should, we should start lobbying for an official soup in Longmont. I don't know what if, that yeah, the, be, the, but we the, should. The city's no. soup. Uh, you know, I don't know what it would be. Beet soup yeah. or something. Yeah, um, who knows? Beaten yeah. turkey. Beaten turkey <laughs> soup. The old... So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thought. You know, actually, one of the things I thought of was is like, because uh, you and I visited this weekend, and I just thought, you know, if we could use the alleys, you know, the alleys yeah. have those nice pedestrian walkways to some degree. And I know um, Dryland has used the alley pretty well. And also, like, just closing fourth or fifth, you know, one of those. And Roost has the thing, like a cool walkway between whatever the, yeah. the next building yeah. is over. Yeah, the breezeway. And they have, yeah, it's really cool. The breezeway, yeah. They, they could use the breezeways. I'd be I'd be fine yeah. with that. Um, and I get it. Some of them don't have access to a breezeway or the street readily. So you yeah. could say, like, La Bella Vida, La Vida Bella. I always get it wrong. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you think about it, Quarters is right next to them. So they have to run around the corner and. Yeah. You know, that would be a mess. But no, I mean, you know, again, you can't fault anybody looking for creative ideas to actually. No, I don't. And I, I think, but I think the cost is like, it's not an insane cost for the the city, considering the city's budget is going to be much larger than that. Take a punt. If people like it, if they turn out to work, great. You know, like, good. Do we need so much parking right on Main Street? Probably not. Um, We also, you and I also had a little discussion about when, once you get to a destination, 
you know, it shouldn't really be like what, what should be a road and what should be a street. And there's different, like if you get into the technical aspects of it, some people will define them as different. And downtown Longmont is now it's a destination. And so to yeah. make it also like a throughput, like a big pipeline for traffic makes things difficult. Like they're sort of at odds. So I think as Longmont develops, particularly as there's more traffic and there's more desire to have these outdoor spaces, this this will probably be a continuing conversation. As well, and if that. you think about it too, if when we had Phil on, you look at Kaufman as really the yeah. it was really an easy and and plus if it goes further down towards Boston eventually, yep. I mean to me that's a great bypass if you yep. will, yep. and you know or an, another street that people could take as an alternative, and so then it would kind of lessen the congestion downtown, but. That being said, I always think of Fort Collins. I mean, you've got Old Town there, and the traffic is dreadfully slow yeah. in downtown. But but that's purposeful mm-hmm. because of some of the other, you know, they have some interesting ways to park and parking areas up there. And, yeah. you know, and it's, you got to really slow down the traffic. But if you're really wanting to go around it, you can. You can find different streets to go around it if you wanted to. But yeah, it, yeah. it really is arduous to drive through downtown Loveland. It, I yeah. mean, I don't yeah. Like, am I complaining about that? To an extent, but I think yeah. it's by design so yeah. that you keep people safe because you're stopping every, like every block sometimes. Exactly. And you going, want people Ugh. to slow down a little bit so they can say, oh, maybe I'll go into that store or maybe right. I'll do that or whatever. Maybe I'll Sorry. check out our live Sorry playoff. to take yeah. me a half an hour to get through. I'm on, <laughs> That's I'm right. I'll yeah. take a long lunch of it and I'll pull over. <laughs> exactly. um, but Loveland's got a charming downtown. Um, oh, yeah. Loveland's and I think great that that works. And I, no. I do think that there'll be some teething pains here. There yeah. already are. We're we're having them, and how we come up with the solution to get through it, I don't know. But uh, I think that that probably as people start to go back out in the next, you know, six months, year, five years, I think that people are going to go like. And geez. again, anything for like outdoor pedestrian friendly, like outdoor dining, outdoor you know yeah. pedestrian friendly, and helping businesses. I'm all for this. Is I, I like I said, I wish it was like oh let's just block off fourth or let's block off fifth and kind of make it a communal kind of thing. Right. But anyway, anyway. Yeah, so yeah, Parklets. It's uh, apparently it's something to talk about. It is. Uh, it is. <laughs> what do you think about Parklets? Let us know at sidedishlongmont at gmail dot Yeah, go have a so, look at yeah. that thing. Otherwise, what right. we got we got free dump days coming up into this week. We do indeed. You know, yeah. Uh, the, the yeah the to clarify the city's water supply is not affected by that fuel spill up by Lions. Yep. Uh, so that's good to know. Uh, there's some stuff going on. The city's got. Uh, oh, it's it's time to join a uh, an advisory board for uh, the city or commission. So is it an advisory board like prodding the bards, or bard, is yeah, it like the bard, the, 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 like the a Shakespearean bard, bard or is yep. it a? That's exactly okay. what it is. Yeah, and in fact, my... actually, there are quite a few uh, commissions and uh, city appointed things you can apply for committees and such. We encourage people to check those out on the city. So website. if you don't want to just sit and complain about you know right. with the city's run, go go have a steak. That's right. Yeah. And it also All right. So, shall we call it? Let's call it. All it's right. It's a podcast. That's right. Well, find us always on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your pod content. Thanks always to Andy Epler for our intro music. Um, also, let's see. Reach out to us at SideDishLongmont at gmail.com or check out our website at SideDishLongmont.com. Um, we appreciate you as listeners. Brady, I have to tell you some exciting news, too. Oh, 6,000 downloads this week. Pretty amazing. Oh, boy, we did it. Yeah. We hit the big six. We're, we're heading oh, close oh. to 100 episodes, so pretty amazing. So, wow. Yeah. Can't can't stop him. Can't, and we got one donation from Kevin. We'll say his name one can't, more time. So. You can't shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brady. Thanks, sir. <laughs> <laughs>